0: Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Oh, gosh. Do you mind if I just look at you all for a minute? (laughs) It's been a few weeks. Actually, I owe you um, some real gratitude as well. You know, there are not... Well, let me take off my minister hat for just a minute and put on my employee hat. Um, you know, you're you're my boss. I I'm your employee. And there are not that many people in the world that have such excellent benefit programs, places that would allow me to schedule four of my vacation Sundays in a row so that I could be off getting treatment. Bless you and thank you for supporting me during this difficult time. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed to Reverend Barbara and Reverend Christine, who so ably filled in for me while I was gone. It's like, what a what a treat to know, what a treat to know that things are taken care of when you're not feeling well. So bless you and thank you. Okay, well, I want to launch right into this fabulous book that we've been using this particular month. Any Ricks Millitz's book, Prosperity, you know, it's one of those oldies but goodies. I think it's been in continuous publication for over a 100 years. It's been inspiring people, leading the way for people to find prosperity in their own lives. And of course, it's one of those stories of the inside out, right? Our ability to be prosperous, and whether you think of that in terms of money, whether you think of that in terms of love, whether you think of that in terms of an abundance of, I don't know, time, whatever measure of abundance and prosperity you might want to do, it's always, always from the inside out. So let me explain Just a little bit. And then we're going to move into, how did I get stuck talking about debt today, by the way? (laughs) Oh, right. I assigned it to myself. Oh, well. (laughs) But really, this idea of inside out is so important. So often we find ourselves struggling trying to make things happen, trying to make more abundance in my life. If only I worked harder. If only I got that promotion. If only I had the wherewithal to go back to school so I'd qualify for maybe a better job. It's always that focus on things outside of ourselves, thinking that if only I do this right, if only I claim this right, if only something magical happens out there, then then debt will dry up, then I will truly be abundant. And unfortunately, it's not the way it works. Sometimes it will temporarily work, but then we will find ourselves right back where we were, feeling lack, feeling there isn't enough, feeling like something's missing. Well, I got to tell you, something is missing, but it's not out there. I was so happy that uh, that Catherine talked about the idea of self-worth in her opening prayer. Because really, as we delve into this idea of debt, what you will find is that debt, metaphysically, is a symptom of poor self-esteem. That when we don't think we are enough, when we don't think that we have enough, when we think that something is missing within, those are the times when we're apt to get into inappropriate debt in our lives. We're searching for the quick fix. We're hoping that a better home will make a difference. We're hoping that a new outfit um, will make a difference. We're hoping that somehow by adding into our external storehouse of wealth, that it will make up for that thing that feels like it's missing from within. And you know what? Uh, The seductive part of it is it it will for a little while, right? The thrill of buying a new car, the the wonderment of moving into a nicer apartment. We've always felt those things, right? And, And so there's that little bit of a trick going, you know? I'm worth that new apartment. I should have that new car. And you do feel good. Well, you know, until it gets the first ding in it, or or, or for a couple weeks anyway. And then suddenly our heart is back right where it was before. We're still feeling that something is missing. Well, let's fill that something today. Let's begin seeing ourselves as whole and perfect. Let's begin understanding that it is our own contentment that brings prosperity Not the searching for something we don't have. Not the questing for something more than who we are right now. But it's our own internal knowledge that we are enough that brings prosperity. Let me segue, though, for a minute. I did promise to talk about debt, and I will. And I even found a joke that I hope at least some of you will laugh. So as our oldest son graduated from high school and prepared to move out on his own, we were honestly a little worried. Had we shown him how to manage his affairs? Was he earning enough to afford his new apartment? Had we adequately prepared him for the realities of work, of bills, of taxes, of bank accounts? Well, when he called yesterday, I didn't want to imply that we doubted in any way his resourcefulness, but having said that, I couldn't help but find out if he'd at least gotten a bank account. Absolutely, he said. And the bank is great. They've been so helpful. They've already sent me a couple of congratulatory notes. Congratulatory notes? Really? Oh, yeah, he said. Why, just yesterday they sent me a note about my outstanding balance. <laughs> We'll allow the groans to pass. <laughs> so, what is debt from a metaphysical standpoint? Well, first of all, debt, of course, is simply when our outflows exceed our inflows. I mean, it's no magic to understand what debt is. But from a metaphysical standpoint, what you're actually telling the universe when you go into debt is that you're not worthy. You're actually telling the universe, "I am not enough in myself, and I'm willing to cast my trust out on strangers—not my own self, not my connection to God." When I go into debt, I'm seeing my source as banks, as credit card companies, and so on. So, so the first thing you got to know when you go into debt. You are casting yourself in the role of victim. Now, it it may not be very much, and I'm not saying there aren't times when it's appropriate that we take on that, there's certainly a big difference between going into debt for a house or going into debt for a for a new car, something where there's something that backs up the debt. Absolutely. I mean, we all do those kinds of things. And in fact, it's interesting. She actually gives, I think, some practical advice in this chapter. She says, the question has sometimes risen, ought we to contract debts when there is no money in sight to pay them? And then she goes on to say, unless there is the true supreme assurance from within that the money to pay such debts is already on the way, it is better to fast and to pray until such assurance comes. The demonstration of faith is not the venturing into debts, but the realization of the means to meet debts, even before they're contracted. Now, this was written over 100 years ago, long before there were credit cards, and yet she has just explained how to use credit cards, right? If we can pay our credit cards off at the end of the month, they are a wonderful mechanism for helping with our finances. If we can pay it off at the end of the month, uh, how does she put it? We have the true supreme assurance from within that the money to pay back such debts is already on the way, right? We're going to get paid. Our our check is going to come in. We'll be able to pay off the credit card. No sweat. But her advice also is, if we don't have that level of assuredness, let us fast from debt. When we purchase something that we can't afford to make payments on or to pay outright, we're basically telling the universe, I desire to put my fate into the hands of others. I am not enough, and I am not worthy of having enough. That's the metaphysical meaning of debt. Now let's move into something a little more positive here, freedom from debt. How how do we let go of debt from the inside out? Obviously, we have to keep making our payments. We have to keep doing what we're going to do on the outside. We have bills to pay. I'm not suggesting that we uh, that we don't do that. And in fact, in the book, she has some advice, even on paying bills, which I think is interesting. She says it's better metaphysically to be paying a little bit to all of your creditors every month, right? It's that energy of repayment. It's that energy of I am worthy enough to start taking control of this debt. And so I think that's fascinating that uh, this chapter is worth reading just for her metaphysical advice uh, on debt. The true secret to getting out of debt, the true secret to financial freedom really lies in what you already have, not in what you intend to get or what you feel is missing. And it goes hand in hand with gratitude. We're going to talk about gratitude as a a method, by the way, of creating more abundance in our lives in a few weeks. But if you think about it, what brings abundance to you? It's the sense of being abundant. It's not the sense of lack or thinking you need something more. It's not the worry about bills. What does worry bring? It brings more things to be worried about. What does the sense of something missing bring? It just opens a hole bigger that needs to be filled. It is true contentment. It is feeling the blessing for what you have. That is actually the inside-out secret to the riches of the universe. And I'll I'll let you in on a couple of my personal practices uh, about this. One for me is paying bills. I love paying bills. I know some of you are looking at me like, okay, Larry, you really were sick, weren't you? (laughs) But I do. Have you ever thought about what a bill is? First of all, it's a testimony to someone's trust in you. Some person, some entity that you don't even know has trusted you to use their electricity for a whole month with no limits. Use as much as you like and we'll trust you to compensate us a month from now. Have you thought about that before? I remember for a time the telephone company, when I worked for the telephone company, was starting to get a little snarky about that. And they would ask for deposits up front, right? That sense of, well, we don't quite trust them. We better get a couple months deposit. Uh, But even then, when you think about it, almost all of the bills that we pay are for wonderful services that we've received. So when I pay my bills, it's like a blessing. It's like, Oh my gosh, think of all the water that we used. What a blessing that we got to use the water for. For two whole months, they trusted us. And although I pay my bills online, I noticed there was a little note field. I'm busy typing in there, thank you for the use of the water. Thank you and bless you for the electricity that I used. Thank you, gas company, for keeping me warm this winter. Thank you and bless you. I mean, how would you do? How would you make your own electricity? I, I guess some people can be totally off the grid and you, you know the real pioneer spirit and do it all on their own. Not me. It really is a blessing that all of my electronic devices I can just plug them in. You know, we have a beautiful yard this summer. Daniel was out um, in the yard a lot. What a blessing that we could keep all of that watered. What what a true blessing all of my bills are. The flow of life is what we're talking about. And each one of us is right in the middle of it. Have you thought about that? You're As you're paying your bills or as you're receiving uh, your checks that you get in or your deposits, you are participating in something that keeps the entire world moving it's amazing. What if we didn't have these systems of of banking and checks and online deposits and all of this stuff, right? How, you're going to drive to Washington DC to get your social security check, right? It's like, no, it's fabulous. The things that we get to have because of this thing called circulation, because of us being right in the flow of life. Oh my gosh the gratitude that wells up in my heart. And when my heart is grateful, when I am content with the blessings that I have, that is the recipe for outrageous financial abundance. Can you feel it? Do you sense it? And so my advice, such as I am for giving advice, is not to quest after those things that you don't have, thinking that having more will bring more to you. It will in a sense, but it's such a very limited sense. Contentment with what you have, that certain knowledge that you are provided, that you are connected into the true source of all good, that is that inside-out power, that is what will bring you true riches of heart, of mind, and in the material world as well. So, how do we know um, how do we know when we have enough? Because that's kind of the basics of it. How do we know when we're questing for things that aren't really useful, right? Because we do have to live in the world. There is a certain level of Food that we need, a certain level of material goods that we need, how do we know when we've gone past where we need to be how do How do we know that we're we're really questing for something to fill a hole that isn't apt to be satisfied? I would like to use kind of a trivial example, but I think you'll relate to it. When I was growing up, one of the things that the entire family looked forward to, our entire extended family, was Thanksgiving. And we've got that coming up, right? And oh my gosh, my mom and a couple of the other matriarchs of the family, they spent so long making food. There were pies and desserts. And I remember one Thanksgiving, we had a turkey and a ham, a spread for 12 people, but there was probably enough food for 50 people like four or five kinds of potatoes, green bean casseroles. I mean, there was food for days. And I remember we would eat, and we would eat, and I'm almost a shame to say this. All we were fit for was sitting on the sofa and watching the ball game afterwards, right? We were so full, we could not have done anything but just sit and, and watch the television set. Well, that is excess, That is desiring too much. There is actually a sufficiency of life, right? I'm happy to say now I have a different approach to Thanksgiving, right? I eat slowly enough for one thing till I can sense that I'm full and that's good enough. Adding more actually is a negative beyond that point. I'm here to tell you that is true in all areas of your life. But you have to go slowly enough so that you can actually sense it. When does the acquisition of things start being a negative instead of a positive? So a friend of mine just bought a boat, which I thought was interesting, and he'd never had a boat before, so very excited about it pretty soon realized he was devoting his life to a new thing, right? It needed to have a place to be housed. It needed all kinds of things for maintenance and having it in the water all the time. You would think that would be easier than taking it out and putting it in and taking it out and putting it in, but oh no, having it docked somewhere has money associated with that and maintenance and repairs. And pretty soon he realized... It wasn't having a boat. It was more like having the anchor to the boat. Have you thought of your life that way? It's one of the reasons so often I think that people at a certain point in their life start talking about downsizing. What they realize is there's too much stuff and that the stuff all requires time and effort to maintain it. And so whether it's stuff, whether it's food, whether it's connections to people, there is always enough, not enough, and too much. Getting more is not going to make you happier. Once you are satisfied, and you can tell I'm leaning into homework here too. Yeah, the homework's back. I apologize. But have you really assessed your lives? in terms of contentment, of enoughment, of sufficiency? Or are you finding yourself actually spending unwanted time maintaining things that are not all that important to you anymore? So your homework for this week is, are you sufficient? Are you lacking? Or do you even have too much? Do you have... More things, a bigger house, more responsibilities. That's another way of looking at it too. Are you overcommitted with your time? Giving away your time is not necessarily going to fill up that that heart that that maybe has a hole in it. So your homework very simple, I think, but it's going to require a little bit of introspection. Is it time to let go some of the stuff and responsibilities of your life? To rein it in so that you can simply be content and feeling satisfied. When we are content, when we are satisfied, what are we telling the universe? Let us give her, let us give him more to be content with. Let us elevate her Let us elevate him into a greater degree of contentment and sustainability. Isn't it funny? Something so quiet, something so peaceful is the key to your wealth. Well, I'd like to close today with a responsive reading, if if you don't mind. What I'd like you to do, I'll I'll say something and I'd like you to repeat it back to me. And let's, let's close the service that way. Well, I'll do a prayer as well. I have enough. enough. I'm receiving enough. I'm giving enough. enough. Because I am enough. That sounded a little flat. (laughs) Let's try let's try it at least one more time. I have enough. enough. I'm receiving enough. I'm I'm giving enough. because why? Because I am enough. all right, let's do it just one more time, just just to make me smile, all right. I have enough. I have enough. I'm receiving enough. I I'm enough. giving enough, I because enough. Because I am enough because I am enough. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, one goodness, one storehouse of all good. I call it God. And what I know about God is it's in full force everywhere. This universe of good is here for us here. Right now, wherever we're located on this planet, the storehouse of good is right at hand. And it's through our connection to that higher power that we can receive the riches of the universe. It's not through acquisition. We're not Ferengi, right? It's not the 1,000 laws of acquisition. It's the one law of love and life. It's that inside-out knowing that we are enough, that we have enough, that life is for us. And with this certain knowledge, I give great thanks. I release this prayer into that action and activity of the law, that law that so freely gives all. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, You are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.